Hi everyone, just a note before we begin season four. We recorded this season earlier in the year before all the COVID-19 chaos, which is why we don't mention it at all. And if we talk about going out, please know that we are currently practicing social distancing, as we hope you are as well. Please know that you're all in our thoughts, and we wish you well. Welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts, Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. And this is season four, now that we're going by seasons. Mm. Are we recording? Yeah. Dang it. I'm never ready. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> season four. It's been a while. Are uh, we riffing? Yeah, we're ripping. Okay, this is you. just the guide. God. So it's been a while. Yes. Uh, we are so out of super rusty touch here. Yes. Um, but we wanted to k- briefly catch base before we get into our first episode. First story. Our premiere. Yes. Right? Season premiere. And so we did the Fridge Festival last year. We did. We put on a variety show. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of great friends with great acts. And we also took ideas from the podcast and made them into plays. We did, which shows how things can evolve and change. And people will pay to see it. Mm-hmm. And we had a good turnout. It <laughs> we helps, did. It helps to have only one showing. <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot with um, fees and uh, money situations. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, and uh, that show was called The Witchy Bitchy Hour. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud. And then we also got to revise our plays slightly uh, for kind of like a festival that Right Act Repertory put on uh, called The Playwrights Parlor. We were mm-hmm. two out of five plays. And that was really fun, too. I definitely got a lot of good feedback on how to maybe extend it even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned a lot um, just seeing my story kind of through the eyes of other people, almost, because you directed it, and um, I watched, like, other actors act it out, because I always starred in it before, so that mm-hmm. was really interesting. Yeah, and you directed it before, mm-hmm. too. I did. It's always yeah. different. I kind of wish that... I had seen someone else direct mine because I would have liked mm-hmm. to see a different take. But I completely revised it, so it was a different take anyways. Totally, yeah. yeah. It was. Um, so we were talking the other week how the desire to get back to the podcast uh, was feeling very necessary. <laughs> and, you know, clearly this past year has been a benefit. Like, we've benefited from this podcast and having a collection of ideas. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, so... We're getting back to it. Here we are. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. So last week, I challenged you. I dared you. She did. To, to write. It was very aggressive. I was like, do this. <laughs> hunted me down in the hallway. Yeah. Because now we work together. We do. <laughs> so I was like, hey, so I dare you to write a short story or a short piece of writing based on the theme, Ambassador ambassador i'm watching a lot of political shows lately there you go <laughs> yeah. it's very political yeah 
we'll 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 see if it is. We'll, I'm curious it to is. see what you did. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you know, in in a way, that's me. So, oh, okay, cool. Oh, All right. Well, let's get to the story then. This was it. She was not only the youngest ambassador to ever represent her planet at the summit, but she was the first female to attend in almost 400 years. All it took was being the first girl born in the royal family in 150 years, and being the first born to her parents, and completing three year-long courses on the galaxy's political system. Something in the back of her mind was always saying, if you were male, you wouldn't have to work so hard to be invited to the summit. They would have just invited you. There's always a chair waiting for a male to fill it. Females must prove they can sit there by lugging their own chair over. She remembers when she was little, her parents, the king and queen, looking down at her with furrowed eyes more than kind ones. When other high-ranking families would come over, she was often overlooked and ignored as everyone bypassed her to talk to her younger brother. No one ever expressly said it to her, but she knew. All of her planet wished he had been born first. Things would have been much easier. A shiver rolled down her spine. Her ears went hot. She was reliving now that horrible night three years ago when she walked into her room and a black mass was standing next to her bed. A shadow assassin. An outlawed, barbaric practice on her planet for getting rid of someone without having to deal with the mess yourself. This was a soulless mass in the shape of a man who had come to kill her by using its matterless hand and reaching into her body to either stop her heart or snap her spine. No mess. Just a dead princess and the end of the progressive change she represented. No. She wouldn't allow it. She acted quickly and screamed as loud as she could down the hallway. It would take the guards exactly 30 seconds to reach her with their shadow-eradicating bullets. She had less time than that. The shadow man ran at her and she ripped a mirror off the wall to her left and faced the reflection side toward it. The only way to pause a shadow assassin in its tracks was to confuse it with perspective. She had essentially disappeared to it and bought herself an extra five seconds, but it recovered quickly and walked through the door. She yelped and dropped the mirror, shattering at her bare feet. The assassin lifted its hand as it walked towards her. She was at a loss of what else she could do. All she could do was keep backing up keep the hand away from her. She stepped on a large shard of glass and doubled over onto the floor, the hand getting closer and closer until it was all she could see. It was going to overtake her, when suddenly it vanished into thin air. She heard the voice of the head guard who had shot the shadow, Princess, are you okay? And she cried, and she couldn't stop crying. She cried for two days as she stayed in bed while her foot healed. She cried because she did not ask for this. She didn't ask to be born a female, she didn't ask to be a princess, and certainly would have opted out of being the next in line for the throne if she had the option. Someone out there, someone who she was expected to serve as queen, was so scared of having a woman in power on this planet that they sent a monster to murder a 16-year-old girl. If she wasn't afraid of taking the throne before, she sure was now. Why should she have to? Give it to her brother. He was an idiot, sure, but everyone liked him. And then everyone can calm down and stop trying to murder her. She even tried to find a loophole and give her crown to him. As queen, she should be able to do anything, even refuse her title. But this was a strict monarchy. Well, soon to be. Matriarchy. And so here she was. Her first official appointment as future leader. 
standing waiting to be introduced at the summit as the ambassador of her planet. She had a sudden flash of anxiety. What if that person who sent the shadow man was waiting for her in the crowd? What if he was perched somewhere with a weapon to fire at her the moment she walked out on the stage? She suddenly felt her hand being squeezed and turned to seeing Queen Elora smiling down at her. Elora was the ruler of a neighboring planet and only a few years older than her. She was also the only other female ambassador at the summit. She squeezed her hand again and whispered in her ear, I know you are afraid, princess, but this thing you must do, so do it afraid. And just then, her name was called and the applause was pounding and she was very afraid, but she did it anyway. And as she crossed the stage to sit in a chair specifically placed there for her, she felt a little braver. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have a title for it? I don't. I mean, I don't. Ambassador, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I get it. There probably deserves a better title, but. Um, it's a good working title. Yeah. If you have any ideas for a title, let me know. <laughs> What's the name of the summit? I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if it was the name of the summit. That's the title. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, I'm sure there's a million good names, titles for it. As the listener, as your audience, <laughs> my first impressions, it feels very timely yes. to now, but yeah. set in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, obviously, planets, right? Yeah, you can also assume that these are um, not Earth-bound people. Like, they're, they might be aliens. Like, it's not just, like, humanoids. Like, it could be, like, she could be green with, like, tentacles or something, mm-hmm. basically. Mm, that might yeah. be something fun to lean into in a revision. Right, exactly. Yeah. So how did you go from the theme to the story? I actually, so uh, a few years ago, I was working on a Star Trek series with my friend Bree. <laughs> and we were like coming up with our own original Star Trek series. And we had an, apos- an episode of an, a young ambassador who was uh, a princess who was being, like, transported by the crew on the ship um, to a summit. And there were hot drinks and such. But that's kind of where, I like, I remembered that we were working on that story. And I like the idea of, you know, a very... Of, of a young girl who's thrust in this power that she ultimately um, deserves because she's worked hard, but still feels like she doesn't deserve because of how society is, like, has treated the appointment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, like, this idea that she completely deserves to be there. She's done the work. She knows what she's talking about. She's, she's educated. But she's still nervous because outside forces are telling her that, like, even though, like, everything says that you're allowed to be here, you're still, you still have to prove to us that you're allowed and welcome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the concept of her being the second woman at the summit yeah mm-hmm. and that because you have to imagine like if it was hard to be the first one it could be probably even more stressful mm-hmm. to become the second one right mm-hmm. especially if the first one is seen as not doing a good job <laughs> definitely and like us as women you know like rising up in whatever ranks we find ourselves in um, we 
are, you know, I'm always constantly looking for um, older women or women who have been through what I'm about to go through mm-hmm. for too. support, for, you know, guidance, all of that. So I wanted that at the end of it because I think that she feels super lonely and like, and like Queen Alora, we only see her for two seconds, but she like, she does she, what she says, uh, do it afraid is something that my mom says all the mm-hmm. time. And so, like, I wanted that idea to come through yeah. of, like, she's, like, this mother, this mother queen almost. Like, <laughs> you know, something that her own mother probably can't give to her as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you like most about this pass of the story? I think I like, well, I really like sci-fi and shit. So I like the world that I began to build. Um, I think it's interesting. I also kept it very vague on purpose. So, like, there's a lot of things about the world and stuff that you could fill in in your own imagination, mm-hmm. um, which I want the reader to be able to do. What if they have no imagination, though? Then, like, get it together. <laughs> like, go to therapy or something. I don't know. Figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... And I like stories about women. I like stories about women who feel oppressed or feel like they don't deserve to be in the places that they work hard to be in. And, you know, I love a princess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> so um, what would you, if anything, change in the next revision? I mean, I'd probably fill in more details. I don't know, because to me, I'm like, the stuff about the Shadow Man is fine. Like, he's just also, like, I don't know why I keep writing about Shadow Man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, there was a Shadow Man in our, in my um, Fringe play, so whatever. I don't know. Jimmy Um, Joe, shout out. Great job. (laughs) Shout out to Jimmy Joe. I don't know, maybe more about her growing up and those things. Like, I often felt, one of the parts that I said, like, um that she's often overlooked as she was growing up um, by other people um, who would rather talk to her brother or talk about her brother. And I often felt that way um, growing up, like especially in the religious culture that I lived in or grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, My brother was often the, if people were going to ask about anyone in our family, it was about my brother. How come? Um, even though the community does not want to be this way, they are systematically a patriarchal, like, society. So everything is, even though there's a lot of good things for women, I've, like, I enjoyed the community that they have, they foster for women, but it's, like, factioned. It's, like... Women are over here, and then men are over here, and men have all the power and the glory and whatever. So it's not, so a woman is, like, it's that whole, like, classic thing of, like, no one really cared what I did until I got to age of marrying and having kids. Mm -hmm. Um, While with my brother, it was, like, 
oh, he's a Boy Scout, and oh, how does he do? He's a football player, and oh, that's amazing, and he's, like, the leader of his, like, of the little boys group in school, or in church. That's amazing, and it was never, like, meh. Interesting. Yeah, and it was something, like, you know, it's just, like, it wasn't really that big of a deal, but it was something that when I wrote that, I was like, oh, yeah, I felt that way. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you go from, like, um, so you had this memory, this uh, episodic thing you were working on with your pal Brie, and then you're writing straight ahead, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. and then you find this personal connection to to pull in. Yeah. So, like, um, can you talk about the discovery process just, like, through writing this? Like... Because I feel like it gets even deeper with that personal detail. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I mean... Deep-ass questions, Cassie. I know. I mean, it's all stuff that I, like, made connections with. So when I say she's the first girl born in her the royal family in 150 years, I was the first girl born in my on my dad's side of the family in 50 years. <gasps> Holy crap. So that also came from <laughs> my life. <laughs> wow. Um, and then just, like, the idea of where it says, like, someone out there who she's expected to serve as queen wants to kill her. And I that kind of gave me, like, I remember when I wrote it down, kind of gave me, like, Hillary Clinton vibes. Mm-hmm. That if she had been elected, like, she would have had to serve all these people who wanted her dead. In a way that's different than people who don't like Trump. Because nobody who doesn't like Trump doesn't, nobody wants, you know, nobody wants him to get shot and killed. But the people who don't like Hillary want her to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems very, very gender specific. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where that came from, too. There's a lot of heavy shit yeah, in this one. Yeah, really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> and then, like, just, like, the idea of progression and trying to kill progression before it even starts. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's in a ton of different types of things in our world. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'd be interested in, uh, you know, because we write these rough drafts, but we don't usually take them any further mm-hmm. until, like, we do something like the Friends show. And then right, we're like, right, Which right. idea can we do? Uh, it might be fun to maybe, after the season, just pick one and do, totally. like, a couple episodes and revise them and see how much they change. Yeah, no, around. that's a, like a, an All-Stars <laughs> or, like, <laughs> something like that. yeah. No, I think that's a great idea because there's so many that I've written for this that I want to do more stuff with. Me too. But I'm also working on, like, my other stuff that I'm working on. <laughs> it's just, like, so much. But, yeah, definitely. And this is definitely one that I really like um, that I'd want to explore more because it's sci-fi and feminist and has a lot of, like, political overtones. Mm-hmm. Have you been feeling very political lately? I guess. Maybe I have. Did you not even realize it? I guess. Jeez. <laughs> cool. Cool. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Is there anything else you want to add? I think another thing about this one that I think is important is um, I have her, like, crying 
for a long time after she is attacked. And I think that that is not used a lot in the narrative of women being attacked. Like, where the, even if they do cry in the beginning, they're expected to get over it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make it clear, like, she's not okay. And it's okay for her to cry about it for two days straight, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's also an overarching, like, issue that we have is that we're not letting people um, truly emote completely to uh, get over things. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, bummer town. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go there sometimes. So, now you gotta dare me for next week. Okay. I'm gonna dare you something about something that might be creepy, but it also could just be like, I don't know, like a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What um, are you gonna say? The dare is. Walking through walls. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just so random. Okay. Everything oh. is random. Is it though? Or is it orchestrated chaos? Well, this is orchestrated chaos for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Walking through walls. Wow. All right. Let's see what I come with up with in a week. <laughs> This episode of the Jammiest Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at Bits O Jam Podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We're just like you and run on a healthy dose of compliments, as well as constructive criticism to improve the show. If commenting on story quality, be kind. These are rough drafts. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit first drafts that you will be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write.